2: Every day. From the
0: studios of 971 The Sports Animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, welcome to another episode of the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G, thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode of the Locked on Thunder podcast, we will talk about the latest trade scenario for Chris Paul. We'll tell you where Chris Paul could end up, what the underlying theme is with trading Chris Paul who the Thunder can get in return, and whether or not it's something Sam Presti would even entertain. We'll also talk about Kevin Durant's comments in the Wall Street Journal. We'll tell you what it says about KD himself, the Thunder organization, and even the fans in the state of Oklahoma. And we'll wrap things up talking about what you can expect from Stephen Adams this year. Plus, if you missed the 30-for-30 30 30 on Dennis Rodman, there was a point they were trying to get across to all of us and we'll tell you what that point is coming up next. This is the Locked On Thunder Podcast. I'm Eric G. I am the co-host of the Pat Jones Show here on 97-1 The Sports Animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma, or one-third of the Pat Jones Show. I am also the editor-in-chief of Thunder Maven. You can check that out at basketballmaven.io thunder. And that is a Sports Illustrated channel dedicated to covering all that is the Oklahoma City Thunder, including but not limited to the latest rumors, news, and opinions. Let's jump into it. Bleacher Report has put out a list of trade scenarios that they would like to see happen here in the next few months. So for the Oklahoma City, here is the trade that they are proposing. You would send Chris Paul to Minnesota along with Danilo Gallinari, and in return, you would take on Jeff Teague, Gorgie Dang, and Andrew Wiggins. Ah, sounds a little tasty, doesn't it? But pump the brakes really quick. First and foremost, if you're Minnesota... And you want to make this happen. And we've already, we've already discussed on this podcast all the positives Chris Paul would bring to a team like the Minnesota Timberwolves. Namely, the biggest thing is, is just that he's one of the most seasoned point guards that you have in the NBA. And he would work really well with Carl Anthony Towns, which makes that pairing very attractive. However, remember, he is 34 years old, and he's going to make 38. 41 and $44 million, respectively, over the next three years. Minnesota cannot be thrilled about taking on a guy that is 34 years old that's going to make that kind of money. So what they would want to go along with it is Danilo Gallinari, one, because you're getting a guy that is 40% from beyond the arc, and that's certainly going to help you in the race for the Western Conference just to make the playoffs. But two, you're getting an expiring contract, that you may be able to deal and get somebody on a little bit more team-friendly deal than what Chris Paul is. Maybe there's another piece out there you want, and Gallinari in an expiring contract is not only attractive to Minnesota, but it would be attractive to several teams around the association. So that's essentially what Minnesota is looking for in this deal. Now, Oklahoma City taking on Andrew Wiggins. All right, I'm not exactly... I am not exactly thrilled with taking on Andrew Wiggins because he's been a disappointment during his time in the NBA. However, that being said, one of the things that keeps getting brought up when you talk about Andrew Wiggins is a change of scenery might actually do this guy a whole heck of a lot of good. And I don't doubt that if you bring him into the Thunder culture and give him an opportunity to work with a guy like Billy Donovan— who's done an excellent job throughout his career of developing young players, especially at the college level, that it would click for Andrew Wiggins. Plus, you have a guy that can play the three. That means Terrence Ferguson wouldn't have to play the three. That means Andre Robertson wouldn't have to play the three. Both of those guys who... I had to think in some way, shape, or form May split time this year could play their natural position of the two, and because Chris Paul would be gone, Shea Gilgis-Alexander would be back playing point guard, Mike Muscala could start at the four instead of Danilo Gallinari not playing his position or his natural position, so there's a lot of things from, from the floor perspective I like. Now, the money perspective on this doesn't exactly thrill me at all because Andrew Wiggins has a pretty hefty contract himself. Got a max deal for Minnesota. This guy's going to make 27 next year, and by the end of his deal, which is at 2022-2023, he's going to be making 33 million plus. Gorgie uh, Gorgie Dang still has two years left on his deal at 16 and 17 million respectively. And then you got this Jeff T deal, which he's in the he's he has an expiring contract, but this last year brings on 19 million. And look, I may not be very good at math and especially the new math, but just talking about whether or not that's going to put the Thunder over the luxury tax or help them with the luxury tax. No, it's not going to help them at all with the luxury tax. The the thunder still are going to be paying not only quite a bit of salary, but they'll be paying into the tax. Plus, now you've got Teague on an expiring deal. He's a 31-year-old point guard. You've already got a backup point guard in Dennis Schroeder. It means you're really overstacked at that position. So then you'd be working to try and deal Jeff Teague to someone, and maybe because he's got an expiring contract, he would be attractive. Maybe Dennis Schroeder is a guy that becomes a little bit easier to trade. Plus, with Dang, him being a center, um, and he's only played, should be known that throughout Dang's career, he's only played 82 games a couple of times. One year it was at power forward, one year it was at center. Although I like the money that he's making a lot more than I like what Steven Adams is making. And Dang is actually a 30% three-point shooter for his career. And we have been talking so much about the need for a big who can actually go out from beyond the arc here in Oklahoma City. We've been pulling our hair out for that. I like getting Dang, especially if you can get rid of Steven Adams. But as you see, in talking about all this, all that jumble, tells you one thing and one thing only, that in order to trade Chris Paul, you're going to have to take on a lot of salary yourself. You may have to take on a contract that an organization feels is toxic, and I'm not sure that that's what Sam Presti wants to do. As a matter of fact, you know that's not what Sam Presti wants to do. If Sam Presti can avoid taking on... Any big contracts from now until he's able to get this team where he wants to, he's going to do it. He'd rather trade Chris Paul for draft picks. He'd rather trade Chris Paul for expiring contracts or younger assets, and I'm not sure that he's going to be able to do that. Um, As attractive as maybe Wiggins sounds in Oklahoma City and as thrilled as Minnesota would be to have a guy like Chris Paul, I don't see this deal really working out at least from a Thunder perspective. And I wouldn't expect that one to happen anytime soon. It's entertaining to talk about, but overall, when you look at what the Thunder could be getting in return, what they would have to give up, it just doesn't, it's not making a whole lot of sense to me from the dollars and cents standpoint. On the floor, it makes some sense. Again, if you can get rid of Steven Adams and keep Gorgie dang for a couple of years, or you can immediately turn around and flip Jeff Teague or flip Dennis Schroeder. But if you can't pull off those two things, then really I I don't think you've accomplished exactly what you're looking for. If you're Sam Presti in the Oklahoma city thunder, it's nice to talk about, but ultimately it's not something that I see getting done at least any time here in the near future. So if you are a Chris Paul fan, you're excited about him being on this team I would say that uh, you should strap yourself in for a long season because I imagine he's going to be here the entire year because it's hard. It's just hard for me to fathom that a GM and owner could get together and talk about Chris Paul and decide that any trade you're making for him betters you in the long run, either financially or on the court. But who knows? Maybe Minnesota is the team to bite. My name is Eric G. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Coming up next here on Locked on Thunder, what do Kevin Durant's latest comments, this time in the Wall Street Journal, say about Oklahoma City, the Thunder, and KD himself? We'll tell you next right here on LOT.
1: No matter what moves you made last year, Turbo Tax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and a lope at the county courthouse? file with 100% accuracy, and get you your max refund, guaranteed. So, switch to TurboTax. Make your moves. They'll make them count. See guaranteed details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live.
0: Thank you for listening to the Locked on Thunder podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day, and we will be back to every day starting the week of the 28th. That is the first day of training camp for the Oklahoma City Thunder. So starting then, we will be back to doing a podcast every day. But until then, uh, we will do three days a week. So thank you for your patronage. And be sure to check out all our video columns and other content on basketballmaven.io slash thunder. That would be Thundermaven a Sports Illustrated channel. Let's dive into the Kevin Durant situation now as Kevin Durant has made some comments in the Wall Street Journal. And I'll just paraphrase so I don't have to use any NSFW language here on the Locked on Thunder podcast. But essentially, that the quote that stuck out to me, and the, this is a very long article that talks about his time in Golden State, talks about his time in Oklahoma City. But the quote that really stuck out to me was that Kevin Durant said that he wanted to eventually come back to Oklahoma City, be a part of the community, and wanted to be a a part of the Thunder organization, but ultimately feels that the organization is fake and the fans are fake. And he cited when it comes to the fans, the fans that showed up at his house, spray-painted for sale on his door, the fans that did viral videos out in front of his house, he went on to say that the equipment guys and the trainers wouldn't talk to him when he came back for his first game in OKC, said Sam Presti and Clay Bennett haven't talked to him since he left, and just really ripped the mask off any good feelings about Oklahoma City that he actually had. Now, what I will tell you right now is, one, first of all, don't take anything Kevin Durant says at face value. Now, now I, I, I know you knew that. But if Kevin Durant does not want to come back to Oklahoma City right now on the 11th of September of 2019, there is a good chance that he may want to come back to Oklahoma City two, three years from now because that's Kevin Durant. And with him, the story always changes. He always talks about how he was misquoted, although he did follow it up by telling fans that, you know, eventually we'll be better tomorrow. Now, the thing that really stuck out to me about that quote and again, I paraphrase, was that he hadn't talked to Clay Bennett and hadn't talked to Sam Presti. More so Presti than Bennett because I think owners are a little like fans in the fact that you paid this guy a lot of money. You had made him the centerpiece of your organization. You were ready to build him statues, not only at the peak, but all over Oklahoma City. And you were living and dying with every move he made. You really wanted him. You thought you had a good relationship with him. And then he leaves and goes to the team that knocked you out of the NBA playoffs, the team that that kept you from getting back to the finals, and a team that he wasn't very good against in Game 6 or 7. So I can see Clay Bennett being hurt because owners get, a very, get very emotionally attached to these players. Now, Sam Presti, on the other hand, I thought for sure would have talked to Kevin Durant. And if there's anybody that understands it's a business relationship, It's Sam Presti. Look, you bring guys in and you cut them all the time and you trade them so you understand a player deciding to leave and going to another team a lot better than your owner does. You're going to be able to handle it better, and you're not even going to even remotely think like a fan. So that surprised me a little. And it would tell me that Kevin Durant may have led Sam Presti and Clay Bennett to believe that he was coming back and then pulled the rug out from under him once he went into the Hamptons and had that meeting with Golden State, and that it completely took them by surprise, which I don't think any of us would be shocked to hear. Now, when it comes to fans, and this is something that i got to say. One, we as a fan base are not better off without Kevin Durant. The Thunder aren't better off without Kevin Durant. But it really did show a bad side of Oklahoma City. And look, I'll freely admit, I led the charge on all the Kevin Durant hate. Or at least I was one of the ones out front leading the charge on the Kevin Durant hate because I felt like Kevin Durant was a traitor. But as fans, the truth of the matter is, and Kevin Durant is just now finding this out, we only want guys, we only want to consider them human when it's convenient for us to consider them human. And when somebody breaks our heart... And I know Brett Dawson's not going to like this because I'm going to pair it to a relationship. When somebody breaks our heart in a relationship, they're not human anymore. Not your wife, not your husband, not your girlfriend, uh, not the person that you were just kind of hanging around with for a while. No, they're not human. It makes it easier for you to get over the hurt because that person is all bad, and that's exactly what fans did. And yes, Kevin Durant needs to get over it, but yes, it is also a bad look for us to shoot jerseys and burn jerseys and go spray paint doors on someone's houses, should we have handled it with a little bit more class? You can make that argument. And yeah, those were things that I didn't like, but I also want you to take into consideration where if you're mad at the city of Oklahoma City over this, be you Kevin Durant or someone else, hey, that was our superstar. That was a guy that we had put on our shoulders, and essentially he said, You're not going to help me win a championship, and all I want you for, being the organization and the fans, is to help me build my legendary status. It still eats at Kevin Durant this day that he was not able to win a championship here here in Oklahoma City. This article cements that. Even though you went to Golden State and you won the finals MVP twice, it hurts your legacy because there are going to be so many people that say you took the easy way out even when you go into the Hall of Fame, that you'll never be able to erase that. And that's something you're going to have to deal with for the rest of your life. And the whole thing, and again, this all goes back to Michael Jordan, and it's it's all BS. It's total BS, and Kevin Durant knows this, but it's still stuck in his head, is that we look at Jordan as he, that he stayed with one team his entire career and won with that team and helped make that team better. He didn't go from place to place. And I'll always tell you that I thought, you know Michael Jordan um had a really good front office that that certainly helped him out in that respect. But when it comes to Kevin Durant and it comes to the city of Oklahoma City, is a is it a permanent divorce? I'm not willing to go that far either. I think this is just one more chapter in a relationship that will eventually be be repaired, but it will be repaired on Kevin Durant's time, not Oklahoma City's time. And look. The team would not better without him because, the, witness, they have got knocked out in the first round three straight years, and we weren't better as fans because we all, myself included, acted like fools when he left. Okay, maybe you didn't. You didn't act like a fool. I will tell you right now, you didn't act like a fool. I went emotional. And, yes, at some point during this next basketball season, I will hate on Kevin Durant and continue to do that. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I'm Eric G. Coming up next, what can we expect from Steven Adams this coming season and why you should relax about him not being able to shoot the three? We'll tell you next.
2: The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Finishing up today on the Locked On Thunder podcast, I am Eric G. We're in the studios of ninety-seven one, The Sports Animal in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And if you go to Thunder Maven, basketballmaven.io slash thunder, we have started our player capsules. For the upcoming season, we'll do Darius Baisley tomorrow. We started with Steven Adams a couple of days ago because we felt like Steven Adams was the easiest to talk about because he's put in such a box by most people. What they see is an archaic center that hasn't evolved with the times. But I'm here to tell you, all right, that if you want Steven Adams to be a good three-point shooter, and I've seen him be able to make these shots in practice, even though he has not taken a, a single three-pointer in a game during his, during his entire career, don't bake on it, at least not this year, especially if the Thunder stay intact the way they are because you don't need him to shoot the three. Chris Paul plays point guard. He's got a good three-point shooting percentage. If Shea Gilgis-Alexander is the two, he shoots well from three. Gallinari's a 40% guy. Muscala is a 30% guy. You've got dudes coming off the bench. And essentially, it leaves Adams open to doing what he does best, and that is the dirty work, staying on the block, playing defense, getting rebounds, getting um, getting putbacks, and playing well in the pick and roll and getting the feed from a guy like Chris Paul. That's all you really need Steven Adams to do this season to be successful. And I have no doubt that Steven Adams' point total and rebounding total will go up this year, or at least the percentage will increase this year. The one thing that that I don't expect to get better from Steven Adams this year along with the three point shooting is the free throw shooting because that has steadily declined over the last three seasons and it just seems like it's a downward trend that's never going to get better. He could surprise us all and be great from the charity stripe this year, but I'm not holding my breath for it. Defensively, it comes to this team helping him out and not letting him get caught on the switches um, because anytime he has to guard shorter, quicker guys, he's screwed, or anytime he has to go out and defend the three he just doesn't have the footwork to do it, so uh, the team is going to have to help him out and keep him here in the comfort zone. I would like to see him become a little bit more of a rim protector in the way that Nerlens Noel is, but I'm not sure Steven Adams is comfortable doing that. Still, if he's not having to worry about guarding smaller guys, maybe we see him uh, be a little bit better in, in the block category this year. Finally, I'll wrap things up. If you, didn't in, if you didn't see the 30 for 30 on Dennis Rodman, it's Dennis Rodman Better for Worse, um, which was on ESPN. There was one underlying theme, like father, like son. And the most, I guess, ironic thing about the whole situation is Dennis Rodman's father is named Philander. And the dude fathered 25 children in the Bahamas alone. And there's no telling how many other kids he fathered in the United States of America. And what you found out towards the end is that Dennis Rodman was not a good father, was not a good husband. And while he was going through his kind of coming out of the closet phase, he was sleeping with as many women as he could. So he was doing the exact same thing that his dad did. And Dennis Rodman says... He says at the end of this, and this is the most gut-wrenching thing that I have ever heard in my life, okay? And I've heard some pretty gut-wrenching things, including, hey, you're fired. But the one thing that Rodman said that just makes you absolutely sick to your stomach if you're a guy like me is, one, was this. I don't know. I know how to like my children. I don't know how to love them. And he sort of chalked that up to his mom, and that's, the fact, and that's the way that his mom raised him. And that, to me, is the saddest thing that I've ever heard. It's the saddest thing I've ever heard because you would think for a guy that searched for a father figure as much as he did throughout his life and went absolutely nuts when Chuck Daly left the Pistons would have gravitated to his kids and not let it happen to him. And at times in this 30 for 30, Dennis Robin looks sympathetic. And at other times he looks just flat out pathetic. Um, I highly recommend watching it, but it is a heartbreaker at the end. If for no other reason, that's the last thing he says. We'll be back on Friday or actually I think we'll be back on Sunday, right? So yeah, Sunday, maybe Friday, Sunday. We'll get another one in here at some point this week. And until then, may God bless you and your family everybody love everybody peace love and thunder up. you
2: are locked on thunder your daily oklahoma city thunder podcast part of the locked on podcast network your team every day hey prime members you can listen to this locked on podcast ad free on amazon music download the amazon music app today